Good day to you, my friends. It's another groovy day here in God's kingdom. Thanks for spending a tiny piece of eternity here with us at St. Mark Lutheran Church in Bemidji's podcast. A warm welcome to all of you. I pray that you will be enriched by the words spoken here today. Starting this week through Easter, we will do something a little different. As we are two weeks into the season of Lent, we will continue two short devotions a week, but on Wednesdays, we will instead have the midweek sermon from St. Mark. Our Sunday podcast will continue to alternate sermons between Grace Lutheran in Sioux City and St. Mark in Bemidji. I think you will enjoy the overarching theme, Crushed, presented through both the Wednesday and Sunday sermons. If you haven't subscribed yet, now would be a great time to do it so you don't miss any of these meditations. Lent is a great time to get involved in church. There are more opportunities for those of us that work weird schedules to actually attend a divine service. Our midweek services happen on Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Come as you are, even if you work in a mine. We also have a public Google calendar that has many other activities and events that you were invited to be a part of. I've put a link in the podcast description so that you can peruse it at your leisure. If you have a suggestion on how to improve the podcast, questions about our ministry, or constructive feedback of any sort, feel free to drop me a line at john.kirk at stmarksbemidji.org. If you like this podcast, take a moment on iTunes or Google to rate and review this podcast. It goes a long way to help spread the good word. I've gone on long enough now. So without further delay, let's take a listen to what is in store. In the name of Christ Jesus, our Savior, my dear Christian friends, amen. You may be seated. Two little monosyllabic words, sin, grace. Not only are they the two most important words in this verse, not only are they the focus of our entire walk through Uh, through Lent as we gather here on our midweek services. Those two little words round out the entirety of Scripture. Our entire church service speaks of sin and grace. Our hymns speak of sin and grace. Our liturgy speaks of sin and grace. Our prayers speak of sin and grace. The sermon, hopefully, speaks about sin and grace. Every time we hear these two little words and we ponder what they mean, we contemplate what sins we have committed and see how sin has abounded, we are immediately confronted with that grace that abounds and comforts and the joy and the peace that comes when we see what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. It is important that we focus on these two little words, sin in grace. It's important that we know of them and that we ponder what they mean for us because the world that we live in knows so little of them and our sinful natures are so quick to forget them. We live in a world where most people think of sin and oftentimes we think of sin as something that hurts somebody else, be it in thought or word or deed. When we think of sin, we think of something that offends another person. When the world thinks of sin, it thinks of sin in this way, or also they could ponder that sin is some gigantic gross misdeed only done by the very few despicable. 
our sinful natures, and the world around us don't want to admit and don't want to see that sin is the systemic problem that it is. Even when the pages of history, the history of our world, are laden with madness and sadness, many would deny the severity of what sin is. And oftentimes in our own sinful nature, that is us. We fail as well to see the awful destructive nature of what sin truly is. For sin is not just that which hurts or offends another human being or a dirty, nasty thought. Sin is that which offends God. He's the one that sets the standard for what sin is. Sin is systemic and it has its origin in Satan who brought it into this world. In Romans 5.19, the verse right before this one, it says, it says, by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Well, when did that happen? When Adam and Eve took that piece of fruit. It was just a piece of fruit. Is it really hurting anybody? Was it really that big of a deal on the grand scale of things? It was one piece of fruit in a whole garden? Yes, it was a big deal. Because it marked a break. It marked a break in time where before this, Adam and Eve had that image of God where what God wanted, Adam and Eve wanted. And what Adam and Eve wanted, God wanted. They were a mirror image of one another. Their desires were the same. Everything was holy and pure. And now, the image of God is shattered in pieces at the crack of an apple or whatever it was. Because it marked a break. Now, Adam and Eve wanted what they wanted. Not necessarily what God wanted. They wanted what their own lives determined. They were after their own goals. They were after their own Happiness, that desire for, ooh, I can be like God. God gave us every tree in the garden, and well, why not this one too? And sin spread down from our first parents to Adam and Eve, to every single generation, to the billions of people that have lived on this planet. Every person now, every person that has ever drawn breath, Sin extended into the legions of Satan and the billions of people all over the world, all under this curse of sin. Surely, sin abounds. Sin increased. That curse that started in the garden, that original sin comes down through the ages to every bloodline and to every family. And it's like a fountain. That original sin in us. It is the fountain from which springs actual sin. Our sins of thought, our sins in our words, and our sins in our deeds. Sin abounded through, down through the ages. We must see that sin abounds in our own life as well. If we don't think that we're doing that bad, if we are so fooled as to think that our lives are okay and I must be all right on my own in the sight of God. 
If we think things aren't so bad with us, then we have not let the damning seriousness of the conviction sinner really sink in. As Jesus says, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect, the Lord says that's the standard we must keep. Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Therefore, that means from the day that you were born till the day that you die, not one impure thought, not one impure word, not one impure desire can ever pass through the synapses of your brain. That, must, that means that if we are to be perfect as our Father in heaven is perfect, that every single time we have the ability to help a friend in need or help a neighbor in need or to love an enemy, that none of that, not a single instance, should have ever escaped our ability or our time. Just having said that, we know. We know that we are guilty. If there could be a book, a stack of evidence that listed all of our sins, every evil desire, every evil thought, every lustful thought, every angry word or action or evil deed, sins committed 20, 30 years ago, things done in secret that you thought only you and God knew about. If it was set in front of you, we would have to see that sin abounds in our life. And we have to say with Paul, the good that I want to do, this I do not do. The evil that I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Sin has abounded in our lives. So now hear this verse again. Where sin increased, grace increased all the more. There is no more comforting word in all of Scripture than this singular word, grace. What is food to the starving? What is clothes to the naked? What is health to the sick? What is freedom for the prisoner? What is more grace to the sinner? The short definition, undeserved love. The longer definition is that grace is not just getting what we don't deserve. Grace is not getting what we actually deserve. What we know our sins deserve. The scripture teaches that one little sin, one little white lie, one little nip off the corner of an apple is enough to have us drop dead right now and be damned in hell for all eternity. How can the Lord be gracious to us who have so shamefully sinned against Him and separated ourselves from Him by our lives that abound with sin? The prophet Isaiah says, The Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. Your sin, mine, the sin of ages past, the sins yet to come, all laid on the shoulders of Christ Jesus. A weight too great for any other man to bear. A weight too great for any angel to try to pick up and fly away with. So heavy was that weight of that guilt that Christ cried out in the garden, Father, if it be your will, take this cup from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. 
had to be Jesus, though. It had to be Jesus. True God from true God. God from God. Light from light. With no beginning. With no end. It had to be Jesus. True God. Yet born of Mary. Yet born of Mary. It had to be Him. It had to be Him and His sacrifice from manger to cross. He had to be eternal God to pay the price for all sin. Brothers and sisters, your sinfulness, for as great as it is, does have a beginning and it does have an end, does it not? From the moment that you're born to the time that you die. Jesus is God. He has no beginning and He has no end. And yet He found a way to shed His blood for you to pay the price. Truly, grace abounded more. Grace increased where sin increased. Grace increased all the more. God was in Christ reconciling, buying back the world to Himself. And only His sacrifice would do. Only He would be able to atone, to make us at one, at peace with God. That now... There is no condemnation. There is no damnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because where sin increased, grace increased all the more. As God laid on Him the iniquity of us all and by His wounds we are healed. So yes, during this walk through Lent, we will more than once become conscious of the many times that our lives stand stained with sin. We will become conscious of how the law condemns us for our sin. Whatever, let Mount Sinai smoke and rumble and roar, so to speak. Let even our own hearts condemn us. You and I are not our own judges. Our punishment is gone. Our guilt is taken away. Your sin is forgiven by the blood of Christ Jesus, our Savior and our God. Why? Because of grace. Not getting what you actually deserve and receiving what you don't deserve. This undeserved love from God to you that has increased beyond all measure of our sins. May God bless us as we walk through this season of Lent and focus on these two little monosyllabic words. Sin and grace. These two words that we focus on every time we worship these two little words that sum up and round out the entire message of Scripture. Brothers and sisters, God bless God's blessings on our walk through this Lenten season as we ponder the gravity of what these words mean for us, for our lives, and for our faith in our Savior. Amen. That's all there is for today, but we are so happy you took a few moments out of your busy day to listen to God's Word with us. Please consider subscribing to our podcast to hear more devotions like this on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, and to hear our Sunday sermons as well. We also cordially invite you to join us for church every week at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. May God richly continue to bless the rest of your day.